don't make any mistakes or make as few as possible. And now it's like, no, no, we need to rack up the mistakes, tally them up, put them on a chart. Yeah. Isn't it interesting that when people find out information about well-being, mental health, emotions, whatever it is, they immediately come to it with a very extreme approach? Well, because we like the shortcuts, you know? It's easy to shortcut when something's extreme. What? What? Oh, we can make mistakes? Okay, the goal should be to make as many as we can. (laughs) That helps our brain grow. We want desperately to go unconscious. We want to go on autopilot so badly because we don't want to have effort, right? We don't want to we don't want to we don't want it to be a strain on us or another thing that we have to put on our plate. So we are Absolutely. looking for shortcuts and we think okay, and when I say we, I'm talking about me. Listen, if you can make if you can if there was an award for making the same mistake over and over again, I am I should get my tuxedo ready for the award. I would like to introduce you to <laughs> Edward Krasnick. Yeah. Yes, there's no <laughs> one who makes a mistake of the same one over and over again since childhood better than me. Um, no one can do it better. Are we making a mistake of not introducing the show? Not at all. I think this is a wonderful conversation. Uh, we're letting you in on a behind the scenes peek in a show we like to call Dear Anxiety. See, this is how Rini and I talk when we're not recording the show. So we figured, why don't we let you in? But today on Dear Anxiety, which is, by the way, if you haven't heard this show before, this is one of the few shows, I think, that talks not only about mental health, well-being, and our relationship to our thoughts and feelings and how we take care of ourselves, but it's also a show that where we actually act out, we actually show you things that you can do to change your to change your well-being, to change your state, to change your mental health, to change how you look at life, at practical aspects, things that you can... Because everybody talks about this now, right? But not a lot of shows tell you what you might actually practice, because it is a practice. All of this stuff is a conscious practice. I'm sorry to say that because I wish I could just go to sleep and have it be done. But all of it is a conscious practice. And in the doing, that's where the, that's where the joy is. That's where the living is. Um, that's my theory anyway. I don't really live it, but at least I know what it is. And, 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 and now, now I'm going to introduce someone who's coming to the stage who, uh, as if we had a stage, she has founded and continues to run a wonderful company called GoZen.com. And GoZen teaches resilient skills and skills of well-being to families, individuals, kids, schools, all over the world. Been doing it for a while now. And does it, what I love about it is, does it through animation and creative play. So I don't think there's anything better than that. And I would encourage you to go to gozen.com, G-O-Z-E-N.com, and just peruse, just start checking it out. But not only that, but she studied with the father of applied positive psychology, Dr. Martin Seligman at the University of Pennsylvania. All roads lead to Marty Seligman. And she is none other than Rini Jean. Rini, (laughs) 
You know, I we've done this is our 49th episode, I think. I'm going to have to send a clip to Marty because he gets a shout out every single time. Are you listening, Marty? We shout out to you every single time. <laughs> Marty, there's a lot of pressure on you. If we ever get you on the show and interview you, you've got a lot to answer for. That's right. That's right. You are the father of positive psychology after all. Well, I am happy to be here on this stage, on our our uh, imaginary stage. I love it. I love being here with you, Ed. And today we are going to talk about something you and I know a lot about, making mistakes. Oh, yeah. I've heard about it. Uh, I haven't done it myself, but I've heard some people have problems with it. Um, making mistakes. What, wh- Rainy, why is there such a, uh, there's a confusion that exists and it's because of a growth mindset. When when Carol Dweck came in with her research on a growth mindset, people heard, oh, it's good to make mistakes. You learn from mistakes. And then everybody went mistake happy. Oh, my goodness. Um, that what, is such a good way happened? to say it. We're mistake happy. We're mistake happy. So, you know, I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, making mistakes were okay. But the goal when you were doing schoolwork, academic work, or really any type of work was not to make mistakes. <laughs> it was like sort of the unwritten rules, you know, try your best not to make mistakes. And Carol Dweck came out with this amazing research on growth mindset, which is really this mindset that you have the ability to change. That's that's how I explain it. Your talent and your intelligence and these things that you have within yourself, sure, we're all born different and we might have some raw amounts that are different, but all of us have the ability to grow, right? We can grow our intelligence. We can grow our, our level of talent. And so that's what a growth mindset is. If you really believe that, then you have a belief system that sees the world in this way. Well, one of the things that they found in their research is that kids with a growth mindset, they view mistakes as learning opportunities. Now, I don't know what happened. I don't know if social media took over. I don't know if it's Pinterest, which I don't really go on that much, but there's a lot of pictures on there and they make a lot of pictures about growth mindset. I don't know if it was that. I don't know if it was, you know, a shortcut understanding maybe of what Carol Dweck was saying that made this idea that mistakes are all wonderful and they grow your brain and you should strive to make mistakes. Now, I'm sure, you know, as a parent, I never tell my kids, you should strive to make mistakes. And I'm sure parents who are listening don't do the same. However, there are definitely practices in place in the name of developing a growth mindset that make it seem like the perception to me from the outside is, yeah, we our goal is to rack up mistakes. In In fact, they have charts in classrooms. How many mistakes did we make today? And I think that in doing that, we're doing a terrible disservice to our kids. And we can talk more about that. Making mistakes about mistakes is one of my favorite topics. And in fact, today's show is coming to you in mistake-a-vision. <laughs> um, it's a new kind of technology where you see every everything is a mistake. Um, now, so talk to me. Tell, tell us about the give – me, give me good mistakes and not so good mistakes. Okay. Well, I think that that – in and of itself, is the most insightful question. I think when I was saying that we're doing a disservice to our kids by just telling them that mistakes are good, that we're not really appreciating how sophisticated our kids are. And that if we evaluate different types of mistakes, 
that's where the learning is. So the learning is not necessarily in the mistake, right? The growth is not making the mistake. Oh, I made a mistake. There's growth, right? The growth is in the reflection. The growth is in the reaction to the mistake. The growth is in what we do to correct the mistake. And so to do all of those things, you have to do what you just did, Ed, which is to ask the question, you know, are there different types of mistakes? I recently had the opportunity to talk to Eduardo Briseño. He is the CEO and founder of Mindset Works. And so all they do is training on mindset, right? And he is going to be joining us for the Confident Child Summit, which is coming up soon. And we'll tell you guys about that. But he talks about four different kinds of mistakes. And I love this. So he talks about, you know, these aha moment mistakes where really your intentionality is kind of low when the opportunity to learn is high and you like have this aha moment, but you make a mistake. He talks about stretching yourself, you know, when you're doing something that you've never really done before and you're going outside of your comfort zone, you're stretching yourself while you're bound to make mistakes when you're doing that, when you're taking on a new skill. He talks about high stake mistakes So like when you're in high stake performance situation, maybe you're like, you know, to give a very clear example, you're performing in the Olympics, right? This is high stakes and you're giving it your all. You're doing everything at the very, very best level of your performance and you make a mistake. And then there's sloppy mistakes, the kind where you're not really thinking about it, right? The learning is low, the intention is low and you're making sloppy mistakes And I'm saying this without judgment. I make sloppy mistakes. But when I'm able to reflect and say, hey, you know what? I'm starting to make sloppy mistakes. And the reason why is because I'm tired. The reason why is because I'm disinterested in what I'm doing. The reason why is X, Y, and Z. That is where the growth is. That's where the learning is. So for kids, For us to just stop it, well, you know what? All mistakes are good and your brain grows if you make mistakes. It's not enough. It's not enough for the growth that we seek for them. Well, I tell you, you know, I'm going back. I'm having grade school flashbacks right now. If I didn't understand something or I made a mistake, I never asked why. Why did I make this mistake? What's behind it? Is it that I don't understand what the teacher's saying? Is it that I didn't do the homework? Is it, is, it that, is it that I am afraid? I feel a lot of fear in myself and a lot of under, you know, a lot of insecurity about my own intelligence about this subject, so that that's why I didn't make the mistake? Did I not do the work? Did I not understand what was required of me? Now, if I had asked any of those questions, I probably would have found my way through. But instead, we don't ask those. You know, you don't ask why. You don't ask why because you're really excited about the outcome. You're really excited to say, hey, I finished whatever it is I was working on mistake free. It's not we don't we didn't spend a lot of time probably thinking about the idea that the process was so important and the process is really like where the learning is. It was more like, uh oh, I made a mistake. You know, the the answer is wrong. I made a mistake. And then we didn't go much deeper than that. And we work with a lot of kids at Gozen that do the same thing. And a lot of these kids have perfectionistic tendencies where a mistake is really a reflection of who they are as opposed to where they are in the learning process. They see it as part of 
a, a judgment on their identity. I'm a kid who makes a lot of mistakes. I don't get very good grades. I, you know, sentences like that. And so this becomes part of their identity. And I think a lot of kids who are going through that, they really have latched on to the growth mindset language where mistakes are good and mistakes grow your brain. But again, I think if we're like taking a hard look at helping our kids grow, helping our kids be lifelong learners, we have to look at what we're doing when it comes to growth mindset, when it comes to teaching them about mistakes. Because again, you know, I know I'm repeating now, but I don't think we're going deep enough. Mistakes about mistakes, this could be a whole freedom. This could be a whole new thing. Not to make mistakes on purpose, but to actually question what's going on. What is it that's going on? Because there are reasons, you know, there re- everybody is capable of everything. Some people are better at certain things than others, but everybody's capable of everything. And then the question becomes, how am, how am I doing it? Not what am I doing, but how am I doing it? It's not, you know, it's, it's, it's how am I living? There's a quality to life and there's a quality to education and there's a quality to learning. And it's a quality thing. It's like, what kind of quality of learning do you have? Are you trying to get grades and that's the end of it? Or are you actually trying to learn something new? And what is that experience like for you? That's a high quality thing. I think a lot of people in America, especially today, if you ask yourself, what is the quality of my life? You would be really scared. It'd be be very disappointing for you. because you're just living, right? Most people are going about life and they're living it. They're surviving it. They're getting through. But quality of life, let's talk about that. Quality of learning. So how could you, how could you get to that? By questioning your mistakes, by questioning why, what's going on, and how am I living? How am I learning? Yeah, you know, what's a, what that is bringing up for me is really this idea about effort and the effort that we put in. I think it's another area when it comes to growth mindset where we are just not going in depth enough with our kids. Because a lot of times um, from the work of growth mindset has come this idea that we really need to focus on process, that we need to focus on effort that our kids are making. And that saying to them, listen, it's really about the effort that you put in and not the outcome. That's what we're really focusing on. You should really focus on the effort. But for a lot of kids, they don't really know how. And I will tell you something, not all effort is created equal. Because if it were, and it were just a matter of putting in the hours, then as you said earlier, we have unlimited potential, basically. Everybody should be able to accomplish anything, right? I should be able to pick up a violin, and if I don't know how to play, with some tutelage, after many, many hours, I should learn how to play, right? I should, and I should get better. I should get progressively better with effort. It should be, it, we almost make it sound like to our kids that it's linear. The more work you put in, the better you will do. But I don't think all effort is created equal. It's not. Because just like we were talking about having sloppy mistakes, you can have sloppy effort. I'm sure we've all done it before where you're just not really into something. And so you're giving it like, you know, a half effort. I think that, I think there's probably a swear word in there somewhere, but you're just giving it, you're not giving it your all, let's say. And so you make kind of a lousy effort. So for kids, 
we really need to teach them what the different kinds of effort is. Because I don't just think it's a matter of putting in more time. And when we say to our kids, oh, listen, will you just, you know, good, or sometimes we say to them in a really loving way, oh, you made a great effort. Don't worry, you made a great effort. How do we think that makes them feel when they're actually not accomplishing anything? Like, how do you feel, Ed, if you're doing something and I'm like, oh, Ed, great effort, you know, but you really like you didn't you didn't come out with the outcome that you were looking for. Right. You feel horrible. Yeah. Yeah. You're you know, like, you, oh, you're like, oh, what's wrong with me? Yeah. I'm giving it my all or I'm like giving it an effort and I'm still falling short. Yeah. There's something. So wrong. I think one thing we need to teach kids is about the different types of mistakes that can be made and reflection on that and the different types of effort that we can make. So there's deliberate effort, focused effort, virtuous effort. There are all sorts of different kinds of effort. And then, Ed, I'm sure you can come up with a better name for like not giving it your all, like not a really good effort. Havesies. Havesies. Uh, Half Man is a superhero who doesn't really invest himself in anything. <laughs> um, he's sort of like, you know, maybe I'll go. The earth is blowing up. I'll do the best I can and we'll see we'll see what happens. Exactly. But I know the earth is blowing up. I'll put on my tights and I'll see how I feel after that. If I feel like going to the fire, I'll go to the fire. Um but but I yeah, I would say okay, so different types of effort, different types of mistakes, and I would ask the question, I would say that it's not how you do, it's how you are. This is a big thing. You know, because we're all concerned about how we do, but nobody, but people don't ask themselves, how, how, how am I, how you, you know, how you are? Because if you, if you don't believe in yourself, if you don't like yourself, and if you feel like there's something wrong with you and your thoughts are telling you things and you're not dealing with them, who cares what you do? This is how you are in the world. Anyway, let's talk about let's talk about mistakes, the different kinds of mistakes. Let's talk about the different kinds of effort again. Now you take it one by one. You say deliberate effort. What is Yes, that? you know, I mean, so there are different definitions of these different types of effort and it's funny because when you go to like an expert definition of deliberate effort, so Anders Ericsson is a researcher who really talks about making conscious, intentional, and deliberate effort. And I think what he means by this is that you are really focused on the task at hand for you're concentrated, essentially, on doing something. I mean, it's kind of intuitive, right? You're concentrating and you're consciously and intentionally trying to work on something and then it doesn't have to be for long periods of time. Sometimes he says people practice deliberately for like four or five minutes or like for five or 10 minutes, right? Maybe you're, again, practicing the violin or you're practicing some sport or you're practicing some math or you're practicing something, but you're really giving it all of your attention. And then you're able, after you make a deliberate effort doing something, to get feedback from someone and then incorporate that feedback to try again and make more deliberate deliberate effort. So I think what we really need to work out with our kids and have a conversation around is it's not just about putting time in. It really isn't just about like putting the time in. It is about the way that we put the time in. And one way to kind of identify, I think, when we're making deliberate effort is when you see your kids in flow. And when they can feel themselves in flow, and we've talked about flow several different times on Dear Anxiety, 
But Ed, can you talk about maybe when you go into flow, what happens? Usually I would say I'm not, um, I'm very excited about what I'm doing and I'm not, I'm not worried about it. I'm not concerned about it. And there's a natural interest in it and it just sort of goes and I don't stop myself. Um, I keep going and, um, and I'm able to think expansively. I'm able to think about all kinds of possibilities and I just go with it. What, what sort of activities bring you to that place? Singing, uh, music, uh, comedy, and um, creating ideas, idea generation. That's amazing. So you like off the cuff, you're able to come up with several different places where you feel like you're in flow. And you even touched on this idea of expansiveness where you're really feeling like probably all time is falling away. You are uber creative. You can be uber motivated. It's not that it's easy, right? So we're not looking for places where kids are finding things to be easy. We're looking for places where there is high engagement. And a lot of times you fall into flow because it is the perfect challenge for you. It's not too easy. If it were too easy and your skills were way above what the challenge level was, you'd be bored, right? So below this area of flow is boredom. And above it, when things become way past your skill set, right? They're like the the challenge at hand is way above the skills that you have, you're frustrated. And so it's sort of this perfect level of challenge. And so, you know, we can reverse engineer what's going on when we're looking to have our kids make a focused effort, make deliberate effort when it comes to something and really teaching about the different kinds of effort. We should look for places where they naturally go into flow. Because when you're naturally in flow, you are making the right kind of effort. There it is. It's right there. Now, what is hard is for us to take that and extract it and be like, okay, well, you're in flow when you're playing video games. Now, how do I get you in flow when you're doing your math homework, right? Those kind of things become a little bit more difficult to translate, but at least our kids will have an understanding of what we mean by different kinds of effort. We talk about this on the show a lot, which is that you would role play. You would role play life situations and actually practice them so you could figure out, you know, problem solving and how maybe to make different choices. So you actually practice it. I'm uncomfortable when I go to a party. Okay, let's have the party right now. I'm coming in, you're uncomfortable and you, you and let's talk. Let's let's have a meeting. Let's have a conversation, see what happens. So flow is another one. Imagine that you're in flow. What are you doing? What where are you sitting? What are you feeling? What are you experiencing? Yeah, absolutely. I love that. So when you're, you know, when you're working with your kids, you can do some flow finding with them and you can do that. Like Ed suggested, you can do it in role play. Um, And you can also role play the mistakes that we're talking about, about really opening your child up to understanding that there are different types of mistakes we make. And one of the real growth lessons and mistakes is figuring out how we're going to correct them, how we're going to react to them, like what we are going to do and why they happened in the first place. So should we try to do a little role play around the mistake stuff? Sure. You want to be you want to be a kid that's making mistake? I'll be a kid <laughs> that I don't I don't understand. Okay. So Okay. Okay. Here we go. Let's see what happens when these creatures encounter one another in the wild. So I went into my art class, okay? I go into art, 
And first of all, I think the art teacher hates my guts. Uh, and I don't know what that's about, but oh, I Eddie. talk, you know, I, I'm, you know, I, you know, I'm, I talk a lot in class and I can't help it. It's just kind of how I am. And I think the art teacher, you know, she doesn't like that, but, but we were working on a project where we had to draw an eye, you know, we had to approximate. You had to draw an eye, like the letter yeah. eye? No, like a, like a, um, a physical. Like an eyeball? Like an eyeball. Okay. And we had to make it look realistic. We had to do the shadow and the shading. And, you know, we use charcoal, we use pencil, we use uh, crayon. Oh, yeah. All these things, right? So sure. I'm do- I'm I did one it. of those. I did one of those. Okay. So, so I'm doing it. And, and you know how I am with, you know how I am with like, you know, I don't, I'm not a person that draws inside the lines really well. So well, what did you have to draw inside the lines? Did your teacher want you to draw inside the lines? I think so. And maybe I misunderstood it. But I, mine was kind of more, you know, it didn't look exactly like all the other kids. And I have to oh. say, and I have to say, oh, something. can I see it? Can I see it? Do you have it? Yeah, yeah, here it is. Here it is. Oh, is oh, yeah, I see what she's saying. Oh, I don't know. Did she say anything? Because that's she's, a little, that's she's, a little, well, what different. she said is she said that's wrong. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, just do it right then. What's the right way to do it? i mean come on now yeah well that's true um but i you know it's just kind of the way i see things you know okay listen eddie i have to tell you something sometimes eddie you just gotta listen it's sometimes in life it's time to be original and other times in life it's time to look around and see what everyone else is doing and just do that why do you always have to do your own thing you don't always have to do your own thing you know Okay. Yeah. I mean, I guess I, I guess I can, I guess I can do that. I guess, I guess I'll try it. I'll try it next time. We'll see. We'll see. I'll try it. Why don't you try to be more like your brother, Fred? Oh. Okay, Ed. That was an unfortunate meeting for our friend. Now see, there is, in that role play, somebody's life is ruined. <laughs> and I'm not talking about art class. I mean, your life would be ruined if you, if you had that experience, you would, you, you would have to repair it in some way. And the thing is, nobody, people don't repair it. Um, you know, if you were a little kid, let's say that's, let's say you're talking to a 10 year old there or an 11 yes. or 12 year old, that's, that's going to be tough. So, so let's have, you know, I know it's hard to have compassion for the mom in that situation because she was acting like for most people listening, probably like a little bit of a lunatic. right? Uh-huh. But I will say that maybe she grew up in a very traditional environment where getting good grades was something that was important because that led to security somehow, you know, at the end of this long trail of things. It's like you do it they say to do so that you can get the good grades and get the good job and you'll be secure. So perhaps that was her experience, but how, how, you know, how did it make you feel as the kid? Oh, well, like a loser. Like a loser. Invalidated, I'm sure, completely. Yeah, completely invalidated. And there's something wrong with me. And my brother is good and I'm bad. And there's nowhere to go for me. I am not a good person. Yeah, there was a lot of shaming in that. Okay, so that is an obvious before and a before and after in a role play. Let's see if we can help the mom out so that she can then help Eddie out 
in this situation. So should we give her some tools? I mean, she obviously needs a lot of tools. Yeah. What is she? Yeah. What, what does she, what does she need to need to, well, first of all, I would say that she needs to listen to him Mm -hmm. and then get some facts, get some information, Mm -hmm. be a detective. Mm -hmm. What's going on? How does this, how does it work? Tell me what happens. What exactly happened? And when this happens to you, how do you feel? What's going on in your head? You know, how are you thinking? And and it just just relate to him a little bit. It is so hard for us to make it the goal not to be fixing the situation. But especially in something like this, we need to not be fixing the situation because our goal here really is to teach our child about different types of mistakes, right? Um, so this one was like super subjective, especially because it was in the form of art and, you know, nothing is black and white. I mean, people might argue that even in math, nothing is black and white, but especially in this case, it's not like a black and white situation of quote unquote, making a mistake. Um, But let's, let's just say that little Eddie perceived this to be a mistake. So the mom should really be able to help him reflect on it. And that is all the goal should be help and assist and facilitate in the reflection of it. So should we try again? Let's try. Okay. So, mommy, you know, so I, I had art class again today, and you know how the art teacher doesn't like me, and we were supposed to do these eyes, like eyeballs. Oh, yeah. And so mine didn't look like anybody else's, and she oh. said I did it, did it wrong. Can I see it? What is uh-huh. it? Okay. No, this, yeah, this is it right here. This okay. Yeah. So you did it wrong. So what... So how did you feel about that? Did you feel like this is wrong? In what way? Well, it didn't look like anybody else's. I see. And so it must, you know, so it's so I'm not, you know, so I'm different than everybody else and it's wrong. Let me ask you something. If you were able to do it over again, you could just like have a magic wand and you could just wave it over this and do it over again. What would be different about what you made? I might be a little bit more careful. I might be a little bit slower. Mm-hmm. I might be, um, I might ask questions. I might ask her to help me, you know, if I'm having trouble with something and I don't really, it doesn't really look like it's coming out right, I might ask her how to adjust, you know, how to change what I'm doing. Well, it sounds like, you know how I use that word process sometimes? It sounds like your process would be totally different. Like your approach to this project would be different based on all of that. But I kind of wonder what stopped you from doing that stuff today. Um, I got scared because I felt like I looked mm. around and I saw everybody else doing something that I wasn't doing. And I thought that I wasn't smart. I thought that I wasn't, like I thought that I didn't have talent and I wasn't, I wasn't as good as they were. Hmm. Okay. Well, listen, (laughs) you know that I love you so much and I'm glad that you are able to talk to me about this stuff. I, I love that you're able to talk to me about it. So I hope that, that we're always like this. We can always talk like this. Um, it sounds like you know, you made a little bit of a mistake maybe in the process of the way that you were doing it. But, you know, there's different kinds of mistakes, right? Um, what do you mean? 
I mean, there are mistakes that you make, like when you do your BMX biking and you're going out for your performance and you're doing the like most tricky trick, trick, trick that you know. Remember when you did that last year? Oh, yeah. And you ended up coming in second, which was amazing Mm -hmm. um, because your bike fell once when you did that trick that, you know, you hadn't yet perfected. Mm -hmm. That was a kind of mistake. That was like a mistake that we make when we are performing something. Yeah. And this is maybe a different kind of mistake. There are lots of different kinds of mistakes. You know, one of the mistakes sometimes I make at work is when I'm tired. I call it like a tired mistake, Mm. you know? And it sounds like that you made a little bit maybe like a like a fearful mistake. Like you could have maybe asked what all of those different things you said you would do differently. Mm. You could have done one of those things, but maybe just being scared a little bit prevented you from doing it. Oh yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, some mistakes we really learn from. I actually think we can learn from all mistakes. Hmm. And you know what? That eye doesn't look so bad to me. <laughs> well, th- well, you know, it's it's um, it just depends what size head it's on. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a giant's just, eye. Yeah, you can just think. Yeah, think that way. You know, Cyclops was a very, a very, you know, lovable character. If you've seen, <laughs> you know, in the Shrek movies. I mean, Cyclops is pretty cool. But, uh, but yeah. I, I I get you, mom. I hear you. I hear you. Um, yeah, I think, think the important it. thing is is that really you're just thinking about what went wrong, and why yeah. it went wrong, and what you can do differently, and like that's what you can do. Isn't it beautiful when different species can live in harmony? And so for the you know for those of you listening to this role play, by the way, I've obviously exited the role play now because now I'm talking about it. You can see that it's totally imperfect. Mm -hmm. Ed and I don't rehearse our role plays for the reason that we want you to see the imperfection in it. I can't perfectly get him to categorize his mistake, you know. I was probably speaking more than I should have been. I should have been asking more questions. And that's okay. It's okay to do it imperfectly. We just want you to try it. Yeah, the intention is, is everything. I mean, you know, I'm such a black and white thinker that I describe things that way, but the intention is really important. Your intention is to connect with your kid, meet them where they are, and be with them in that spot by listening and by asking questions. If you do that and you and, and nothing else happens in the world for that day, it's a huge, huge win. And you guys, listen, we have a couple of other things going on. We're wrapping up the show, but we don't want you to forget a couple of things. Number one. The Confident Child Summit is coming up. It is not to be missed. We have 20 world-renowned experts who are going to be teaching us how to raise confident kids. So these are for kids who are shy, who have social anxiety, who are feeling bullied, who just want to show up at school or in public places as they show up at home or as they show up when they're comfortable. This is for all of us. This is a, a human event. And so go to confidentchildsummit.com. Do not miss these free events. 
We spend thousands of hours putting them together and these experts are amazing. So please, please, please come to the event. We are going to be talking about growth mindset. We are going to be talking about mistakes. We are going to be talking about lots of other subjects. So definitely join us at theconfidentchildsummit.com. And the other thing is that we're starting to do printables for Dear Anxiety, which means that there's a little worksheet that goes along with this fun episode. So you can find that at gozen.com forward slash Dear Anxiety. It's fantastic. I love it. Find the podcast wherever you get your podcasts and send us, listen, share, comment. All of it helps. We're building a community here. Um, You can find us at bit.ly forward slash Dear Anxiety. You can find us Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, of course. Um, I really thank you. We thank you for listening. We thank you for your reviews, for your comments. It all helps. Share it with a friend. Share it with somebody you know. Go to GoZen.com and keep coming back. It works if you work it. I'm Ed Krasnick. I'm Rini Jane. We will see you next time. Bye, guys. I made a mistake. My topic is different. Um, But the comedy is solid. (laughs) 